Hello, and welcome to Leading Inspired Learning, a Strive podcast. Well, I'm a little sad because this is the last time for a year that I'm going to get to say welcome to the podcast. My name is Allie Scott. I am the Strive Manager, and uh, today I'm joined by our newest addition to our team, Raluca Wood. Welcome, Raluca. Thank you. Raluca is uh, going to be the professional learning lead for the next 13 months um, while I am off on maternity leave. I am very pregnant at the moment. (laughs) Um, Jenny was on the podcast at 38 weeks pregnant. I'm now on the podcast at 38 weeks pregnant. Um, So it's like a little tradition. So the more pregnant you are, the more you're welcome on this podcast. Especially 38 weeks. There we go. (laughs) Um, So Kayla Bartlett will be the interim uh, manager of Strive in my absence, and therefore we get to have Raluca on the team. Mm -hmm. So today is a bit of a welcome Raluca and farewell Allie (laughs) episode. Uh, We just want you to get to know Raluca better ahead of the year ahead and Um, Yeah, and I get to say my goodbyes for a year. So, yeah, let's begin. Tell us about yourself, Raluca. (laughs) (laughs) This feels a lot like my interview, doesn't it? Yeah, it it does. (laughs) Um, Well, if you haven't read my blog. Yes, we have a blog post to accompany Raluca's welcome. I am a registered early childhood educator. Yeah, yeah. I am coming to this position from an RECE position in a preschool room in Oxford County. Yep. Um, before this, I was working on my master's during the pandemic. I have a master's of education, yeah. um, early childhood education specifically. Um, and I am just really passionate about professional learning. If you know me personally, that's a lot of what I talk about. Um, and I was an intern with Strive in 2017 when I finished mm-hmm. my early childhood, bachelor's of early childhood leadership. Yeah. I came here as an intern with Sherry Spriggs. You sure did. I promised myself if I was ever on the podcast, I would talk about how much I love her. I mean, so. we all have done that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a trend. Yes. I mean, she's an yeah. incredible role she model. She really is. Yeah. She's the best. I could do a whole podcast about how much I love her. We could. Yeah. So it just felt like a homecoming. It yeah. really coming back was exciting and it was it felt really special to be remembered by everybody. I know these are conversations you and I have had many times now, but um, I'm very excited for this year. Mm-hmm. Like eager, giddy, just I go home every night with a huge smile on my face and I cannot wait to share with my husband all the amazing things I've learned. Amazing. So that's me. That's you. <laughs> so, okay, you just get, you gave us a lot of information in like 30 seconds there. That's me. I want to know more about your master's. Oh, wow. Um so it was fully online with Western. Uh, you did it during the pandemic? Yes, 2018 to 2020. Oh, okay. So just, yes. okay. And, um, oh yeah, I guess that's right. I feel like we've been living in a state of COVID for a very long time. <laughs> so I started in 2018 because when I finished my leadership degree, mm-hmm. I was a little bit terrified. It's like, oh, Fair. um, I don't know that I want to enter the workforce. I, I'm not really sure if I'm done with academia. Right. I was doing so well. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Barb Jackson. Um, she yes. was at the time, she was the executive director of Parkwood, Parkwood yeah. and it was the inception of the marketing committee for LCCN. So Barb Jackson said to me, I think that you would really enjoy this master's program that I'm in. It's a capstone. You've already done a capstone. Yeah. It's not anything scary. And I thought, yeah, what's another like $8,000, right? Yeah. No biggie. <laughs> OSAP's got my back. Right? And what so, so um, 
I joined, I applied and initially um, I applied for not early childhood education, but I applied for curriculum because okay. I, I really didn't want to pigeonhole myself in early childhood education. Mm. I'm passionate about the early years, but I wanted to kind of get into adult education so that oh, eventually okay. my dream when I first started academia was that one day I would be Tina Bonnet, a okay. professor at Fanshawe. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to name drop because I love all these people. Yeah. Um, and that uh, Fanshawe or Western would pay for me to do my PhD. Okay. That was my, that's how I understood the world when right. I was. Yeah, I love that you live in the clouds. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. wonderful. We'll discuss the Alley Fund in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to be a professor one day. So why not start to work on adult education? Adult education. Okay. And then I got rejected. Oh. And I was Ouch. like, I was like, great. This is great. <laughs> and so then a week later, they said, as if that we had never talked, I got an email from Western that said, uh, we've heard from you, about you. Um, we think you are amazing. You're doing great things. Would you like to take the early childhood education stream? As as if we I had never applied, as if I had never talked to anyone at Western, as if this was the first time they were contacting me. Huh. And I was like, sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess I can do that. Sure. So I joined and um, Barb had shared with a couple of the professors about me. Mm, so they Barb. were very kind. Barb was amazing. Yeah. So they were, I, I got a lot of welcomes, like we're eagerly awaiting you. We're so glad you joined us. And, you know, it was really nice, especially Wendy Crocker. Mm. If you, I'm not sure if yeah. you know who that is. She is wonderful. She actually reached out on LinkedIn and checked in to see how I was. Aww. So that was really nice. Um, and for me, my entire master's, when I look back at it, was transformative personally. Mm. It was a lot of understanding that things have to feel good in order for you to really immerse yourself in, in learning. They mm. have to feel safe and they have to feel, you have to be able to be yourself. Yeah. Because so much of my undergrad personally yep. was about how things looked. I cared about my grades. Ah. I was living in other people's expectations. Mm. Um, people that I loved, like my yeah, parents and sure. my partner at the time. and all these things where I had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. There was an, I, I still cringe thinking about conversations I had with my colleagues where they'd say, well, we really want to work with you. And I'd be like, mm, I don't really know what kind of grades you get. So I don't <laughs> think I'm going to be doing that. So, mm. um, and my parents always pushed. It was, it was never really good enough ever. It mm. was, well, you got an eight out of 10. Why didn't you get a 10 out of 10? Mm. We think you could have just gotten a 10 out of 10 on this, yeah. right? Um, so, in my master's degree, I learned that the marks didn't so much matter because, my gosh, did it feel good to learn the things I was mm. learning and to, to feel like I was building connections and to think deeper. And what a parallel to our work with children. Yes. Right? It took you all these years of academia up until your master's to get to a point where we want our children to feel every single day in yes. the early years environments that they're in in our, in our community is that learning will happen. Yep. The, the eights out of tens, all the academia academia that they have ahead of themselves, it will all happen. The ABCs will come, the one, two, threes will come. But if they don't feel good mm -hmm. about learning, yeah. what's the point? Absolutely, because you don't think about that one test that you got 10 out of no. 10 on. You think about that amazing teacher that yeah. you had or educator or you know professor that stood out to you. I'm, I still, when I was telling Bree the other day that whenever I see my old professors, mm -hmm. like, like Tina Bonnet, I fangirl. I said, <laughs> I don't know how to be quiet. I don't know how to just be like, oh, it is so nice to see you. I need to be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But these people made an impact on you. Oh my gosh, huge. Right, and it 
it makes such a difference in our learning journey mm-hmm. when you have people that you know care about you. Absolutely. You know, that even Barb wasn't one of your professors in your master's, but she cared enough about you yeah. to say, hey, I believe in this person. And I think this, like, mm-hmm. that is what fills us and yes. makes us want to do better and be better Absolutely. and strive for for more. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I love that. Um, <laughs> it's... And it is when when I did get this position and it was shared with me the different reactions of, for example, the advisory Mm -hmm. committee to have individuals like Cheryl Third say that this was a good fit. Somebody who from the moment I met her Mm -hmm. was an amazing role model for me. I was like, I want to be like her. Mm -hmm. She knows her stuff. And not only that, but she taught in a kind way where she made you interested in the the topics. We were learning about Eckers. Yeah, pretty dry stuff, right? Well, but I was like, I pretty feel- irrelevant if you ask me. But. <laughs> anyway, that was a few years ago now. Yeah, um, and it was just the, the the presence that she carried herself with as a professional. You wanted to be in her presence, mm-hmm. and the I got a message from Sherry Spriggs that mm-hmm. said, "My dreams for you are coming true," and I was it took everything out of me not to cry. Yeah. Like somebody that is meaningful to me in my yeah. life thinks that I'm doing really well. And I already believe those things. It feels really great, yeah. Because it just—it's—it's it's not that you're looking for people that you care about to um, live by their expectations. Right. But it's like here we are cheering you on yeah. in something that you really feel passionate about. Well, I think that's what's so beautiful about our early years community is we really do strive <laughs> <laughs> to lift each other up um, yes. and to really root for every individual who we know to be doing exceptional work in the name of care of children which is the most important thing at the end of the day Mm -hmm. so it just it really is a beautiful thing and we are so fortunate to to work and live and love in the community that we do that does support professionals like that because I know it hasn't always been that way there's been a history of you know a siloed approach and one organization is better than another, but that's just not the case here. And we have really worked, and Sherry's a lot of credit to her on that because she really was foundational in mm-hmm. let's break down the silos, let's bring this community together, yeah. let's you know, collaborate, and and there's so much to learn from one another. Why are we keeping things behind closed doors? Why are we being protective or secretive or gatekeeping any of this wonderful thing when ultimately our, all of our goal is the best for children and families. Absolutely, and for each other. Yeah. My whole entire interview with Sherry when I was an intern was yeah. an event session <laughs> about how I felt about the fact that we weren't seen as professionals yeah. and how I was struggling in the midst of my movement from ECE to ECL yeah. that summer and just feeling like, where's this going? Mm. I don't understand where this is going. And yeah. she came to our program and she spoke to my heart. And when I interviewed, I said, listen, I have some problems (laughs) and I think that you can help me better understand these problems. And when she felt the exact same way in a much more professional way, (laughs) (laughs) she worded things a lot better. Um, She made me feel like I had a safe space to be myself and we would go to meetings and we would come back on the car ride home and she would just let me let it out. Mm -hmm. The frustrations, um, things that I didn't really understand or uh, messages that were being shared or people that I felt, why are they around this table? Mm -hmm. They don't seem to to get what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And she would listen to me Mm -hmm. and I always felt like with Sherry, 
the more time I spent with her, my vocabulary mm-hmm. was more diverse. I was using language that was more appropriate, more strength-based for our sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons why I couldn't wait to come back to Strive. Mm-hmm. I am a better person when I'm surrounded by people who look out for each other. Yeah, and push each other. 100%. Um, we, yeah, we talk often, and it's been a, a thread we've talked about throughout the podcast and in a lot of conversations around the tables that we're at of the language that we use matters and mm-hmm. is impactful. You know, the shift to early childhood education and care um, is a huge, huge thing, and we're really trying to to embrace it mm-hmm. and role model it because, I mean, there's still, and I think actually Joe just mentioned this on um, the Little Moments podcast, but, you know, it was babysitting and then it was daycare and then it's childcare, but now we've even gone beyond that, mm-hmm. right? And and some people may be at different places in that journey, and and I and I still see and hear daycare sometimes, and I cringe. But if we want to be treated as professionals, if we want this advocacy work that we're doing to make a difference, we have to talk the talk. Yep. Um, we have to be as professional as we can be, and that involves using the most up to date language. Is it going to change again? You betcha. And we're going to have to change again. And that's okay. Change is good. Scary, I, but good. I promised myself that it doesn't matter what role I have mm-hmm. within education. Um, there's many times that I thought that I was going to leave the field. Even as a few months before we had our interview for mm-hmm. this position, I was looking at admin positions and yeah. moving my resume around because I, I was done. Mm-hmm. I was stuck in the cycle of negativity and just feeling like I was doing the same thing every day. Yeah. And the day in, day out parents were amazing mm-hmm. they were very supportive but everybody was just burning out yeah. and i i wanted to look out for my mental health honestly mm-hmm. that was and but then when and I, I think that's a, a act a very true reality of of mm-hmm. most of the current sector yep that's a very true statement that's going to ring true with a lot of people and i i felt like laying awake at night i used to think to myself i've invested so much into mm-hmm. this field into myself, mm-hmm. into my self-awareness and my accountability. And I don't see myself in any other sector. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine working in any sort of other sector. Education is where my heart is mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. And then it was like the universe said, hey, do you want to go back to Strive? <laughs> <laughs> because Ali had emailed me and said, yeah. hey, are you still interested? And yeah. Here we are. Here and it's just are. like Sherry Spriggs said, just believe that you are meant to be where you are right now. That's right. So. You had this opportunity for a career shift, but when you were feeling that way, what what would you recommend to educators who are also feeling that way? Because, I mean, a month ago, you were working directly with children in a preschool room and yes. feeling that way. What, what do you recommend to help educators combat this burnout, this state of our sector right now? I would recommend that you talk to other educators mm. and allow each other to be vulnerable. Allow yourself to just express exactly how you feel and then work together. Mm. Um, I had an experience in the preschool room right before I left where we had two preschool rooms. I was in preschool one and we had preschool two. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were losing staff and I was asked to supply in the other room. For me, leaving preschool one was oh my gosh, never. This was my safe (laughs) cocoon with my two best friends. Mm -hmm. We were together and they asked us and I said, okay, well, I'll take the first bullet. This was was a classroom that was struggling. It had gone through many multiple educators Mm -hmm. and they couldn't get a routine down, whereas we had been the same team for three years almost, right? right? The first day I cried Mm 
And then I said, wait a second, I have a bond with this one educator Mm -hmm. and we've talked in the staff room about curriculum. Mm -hmm. And that's what held our bond. We shared books, we shared documentation ideas, and it held me to her to continually want to see her in the staff room. And I shared with her, look, it really, my, my lunches and my and my breaks mean a lot to me because you're here. And so when we got to work together, I was told that, you know, like, we'll, we'll fix this together. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I don't, I think I need to go in there and support her. She knows the children. She has a relationship with the children. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to enter into a mentoring relationship where I'm learning from her and she's mm-hmm. learning from me. And we took it easy. And three weeks later, we had a whole entire preschool team. I don't feel like I did anything special except just listen yeah. and, and support each other. Right. You need a break? Let's go in. Yeah. Um, this routine needs a tweak here. This routine needs a tweak here. So from that, I just kind of learned that maybe my passion lies within just empowering other people. And mm. that's what makes me feel special. And that's what makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I promised myself that I would never forget, regardless of what position I hold. My mom always jokes that she wants me to be the minister of education. But no, <laughs> I'm telling you, that woman never stops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will never forget how it feels to work frontline. Uh-oh. To work directly with children. There you go. I will will never forget how it feels to work directly with children and that camaraderie that we had as professionals. Um, It's the people that you work with. It is. So I would recommend that they, organizations, encourage their staff to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Encourage your professionals to reach out to each other and create these communities of practice. And again, the parallels to our work with children. Relationships at the core. Right? Mm-hmm. How do you expect a child to do anything if you don't know them or who they are or anything about them? It just building relationships first and then the rest will come. And that's true for colleagues, for coworkers, for absolutely children, for families. It just, yeah, it really it the parallels are the same. And I I mean I got this itch to just create these spaces because I needed them. Mm -hmm. So when I would say to them, hey, um, I've gone to a couple of CPL uh, professional learning sessions. Would you like to come to my house and we can work on yours one on one? But I didn't realize at the time that I was doing it for me. Mm. I thought, look how selfless I am. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to come and hang out with me at my house? And I'll teach you everything. mm -hmm. But those were filling my cup. It was that connection of a feeling of mutual understanding with people over things that we had to mm-hmm. do anyways. Mm-hmm. So I created a little community of practice and we did the sexual abuse prevention training yep. together. We all did it together too mm-hmm. here in Strive. It was awesome. And we had like pizza. I mean, it wasn't donuts. awesome, but doing it together was awesome. <laughs> it was just nice to see perspectives and to support each other. Yeah. We had all gone through different things in our lives and mm-hmm. we had PL that we were doing together all the time. And it was usually Strive professional learning that we would Damn get into straight. our basement and our jammies <laughs> and, and do it. Yeah. And I think I didn't realize until just a few days ago that I was doing all that for me because mm-hmm. I needed to find a community of practice that served me. Yeah. that's And that's really good advice. And I think that oftentimes when people are at a, a breaking point um, where they're questioning even staying in this in this sector because it is just so hard that it's hard to self-reflect and say, what do I need to fill my bucket to make me feel whole again and then how can I help others like that that's huge that it kind of works both ways and the more you help people the more it helps you and vice versa but it takes some real intentional dedicated reflection to get to that point because it would be very easy and it has been evidently with the workforce crisis that we're under to people just say I'm done I wash my hands of this I'm out of here 
instead of investing in more when you're not going to be necessarily paid more or paid for that time that you spent in your basement in your pajamas doing PL. You know, these are things that you're sacrificing for an, an ultimate greater good, which is difficult. In my head in the clouds world, we will get to a place where educators will have release time to do professional learning. We won't have to do it in the evenings. We won't have to do it in these unpaid times where people are giving up pieces of their life to be better for children and families, that we can do it during work days, when we're paid. This is my pie in the sky dream for our, our entire system, our entire sector, early childhood education and care as a whole. Because for you to be the best educator you could be, you gave up personal time. And do families know this? Did your boss know it? Probably not all the time. Like these are things that you're doing because you know it will have a lasting impact. But we're not we're not recognized for that. We're not appreciated for that because we do it because we're good people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um and it's just, you know, in in Ali's dreamland. I like Verluca's dreamland too. We can have our <laughs> dreamlands there together. That this will be, you know, one day a reality that that we'll get. But for right now, the realities of the workforce are limiting. Yes. And I struggle a lot with how do I get other other professionals to care as much as I do? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't necessarily think they don't care. There's no space between their responsibilities in their life, they their can't. responsibilities at work, mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter how many employees we lose, mm -hmm. the expectations remain the same. That's right. The Ministry of Education doesn't come to your center and mm -hmm. go, "Aw, poor you." No, you still you the responsibilities you have are still of taking care of the children, engaging in learning opportunities. Yeah. right. You you can't just say, "Well, I'm not going to do that." Yeah, it's it's part of our jobs, and yeah. we have this commitment to children and families. That's right. And I think one of the things that surprised me the most was even though I was receiving immense support, like mm -hmm. the families that we had were incredible. I still didn't feel it. I still didn't feel mm. a pull to the. And for me, it was never about money. I know that's a huge discussion. For sure, I've I've got. I'm incredibly privileged that my partner is able to support us ma the majority of the time. And so for me, it never felt like it was connected to money mm -hmm. necessarily. It was a happiness. Mm -hmm. It was coming home and feeling like that was a great day. Mm -hmm. Or, wow, I feel like I really accomplished a lot today. Or I was a part of, for me, I think it's the meaningful discussions that we have here that really make me feel good. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, you know, when you hang out with one of your best friends and you go to the beach and you kind of just vent at each other about what's going on mm -hmm. in the world and you assure each other that it doesn't matter what, you will always be there for each other. Mm -hmm. When I engage in meaningful discussions that are like high level, deep thinking, that's how I feel. Yeah, I feel like I just took a, I took a, uh, a trip to my happy place. Mm -hmm. And this is why I think Strive is such a big deal to me. I like it when you call me a champion of Strive yes. because I feel like it really embodies my, hey, come to Strive. Hey, Actually, <laughs> yes, you are definitely. And yeah, I have been a, a very strong um, champion for specifically in Oxford County um, as we continue to work with Elpo and in Oxford County that you're, yeah, I've been a champion out there and I... I appreciate am, that. I am really excited for that relationship yeah. because not only because my friends, my most recent friends yes. work in Oxford County, but because partnerships are important. Yeah. And it is important that we empower every, as many people as we can. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a small community or a big community, a yeah. large center, a little center, I don't think it really matters. Yeah. We're all in here for the same thing. That's right. So what are you most excited about with this year ahead? 
Oh my gosh. Um, I think my goal is to help others feel the way that I do when I go to professional learning. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Okay. I'm an incredibly idealistic person. Hey, welcome <laughs> to my dreamland. <laughs> I'll take the cloud next welcome. to yours. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I just, I want them to feel that motivation that mm. I feel, that inspiration, that want to connect with other people and build those relationships. Because I think something that I keep talking about in the last couple of weeks that I've been here is the relationships, mm-hmm. the incredibly personal relationships that we have with the funding mm-hmm. um, individuals, uh, the counties, the way that we the way that we speak so respectfully and, and so closely with them. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing to me because those are unknowns when you work um, with directly with children. Yeah. It is the funder, the Ministry of Education. That's scary stuff. Right. They, they seem so far removed from who right. you are. And to have these relationships, like to have dinner with Dr. Jean Clinton, something I will continuously tell everybody I meet, <laughs> was just like I was awestruck mm-hmm. to talk to Dr. Hopi Martin. Mm-hmm. I was just, Kayla's like, did you want to say anything? And I was like, it is so nice to meet you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was telling Beer a story about how the entire time we had dinner with Dr. Jean Clinton, I was trying to think of something smart to say. I just, I want to wow her. I want her to think I'm so great and remember me. Nope, didn't say a word the entire dinner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that that is true, whether you are here working with Strive in your current capacities is really making a difference is what I heard is that we want and I think that's something we all want at, on our strive team is really to make a difference for children and families ultimately um, and so I think that's yeah I think that's very relatable and commendable thank that you that is your goal for the year thank you I just want to feel like me I want to feel like yeah. I'm in a place where where I can just be me and I, I think that a lot of us I want to call us millennials. I really, I don't, I don't have a hatred for that word. I, I embrace it fully. Yeah. We, you've, you've talked to me a lot about this in the last few days is creating workspaces mm-hmm. that feel safe and, and make you feel like you can take initiative mm-hmm. and you get to lead your work instead mm-hmm. of the regular nine to five. You need to be on from nine to five all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when you go home, you're just spent. Yeah. I'm, I feel very fortunate mm-hmm. that this is what I get to have now. So I will fully, completely embrace it and uh, yeah. do my best to be a great leader. Yeah. You sure will. <laughs> I love your faith in me. <laughs> That's why I hired you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny because I came on board the Strive team right af- as your internship was ending, at the yes. end of your internship. Yes. So we hadn't actually worked t- together. You mm-hmm. did your solutions. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's when we met. For and the that's first time. when we met. But we hadn't actually worked together, but we had stayed connected mm-hmm. over the years. And mm-hmm. and I knew from coming on board then your real vision of first drive of, of being a pedagogical hub at mm-hmm. the time. And when you came here to start, you were like, wow, mm-hmm. we've, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. It is incredible to see where strive has come Mm -hmm. i am just in awe, all of you and the team that you have curated and the way that everybody just works collaboratively together you you made sherry spriggs dream come true really (laughs) and i think that she's done that for every single one of us by giving us safe spaces to be ourselves i i think of sherry spriggs often and i think of you often and the way that you have empowered me even when i wasn't working Mm -hmm. for strive even when you know with little reminders 
and even in our emails and conversations and my interview, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like an interview. Mm-hmm. It, you are shifting the way that we look at the workforce for, for our generation and the way that we look at the work that we do. And for me, it's a, a huge deal that I'm happy at work, mm-hmm. more so than how much money I make. And I wish, I really, I understand that this is not a reality, but I wish okay, more people okay. were, we're able dreaming. to look at that like that, yeah. where the money doesn't matter, where you can be fulfilled with a job. Well, and if we got paid better, that wouldn't be a factor. Right. <laughs> right. That's a topic for a whole other podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think we've mentioned it a few times on here, but. And I wonder sometimes if people use, if not people, but educators in our field, professionals, if they use money because it's easy, it's tangible as a reason to feel negativity towards the field, towards their job, instead of really doing the inner work mm-hmm. and saying, this is just an assumption, please don't quote me, but instead of saying like, no, I think wh- this is a good debate. Why am I not happy at this job? Is it really the money? I mean, the reality is we do get paid like, yes, poop. <laughs> I was going to swear, but I didn't because I want to stay an PG. Adult <laughs> we do. That, yes. that is a reality for sure. But there I see what you're saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's dig into this. Yeah, let's. Um, I see what you're saying because there has there has never been a history of, you know, this is a great job to get into for the pay. Like that's right. never been a narrative that we've talked about in this field. Right. And yet so many people have still chosen over their life lifetimes to become a registered early childhood educator or yes. work in the childcare and early years community. So there has to be something more. I don't think that's an excuse for the uh, no. I government. absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. They do not early child educators, registered early child. We people working directly with children do not make enough money. Right, but they have to be doing it for a reason. Right. So what is that reason? And is it the right reason? Yeah. Right. Is it is it a genuine love and care for children and families? Is you know what I, I yeah it is interesting and actually as we launched the little moments big impact campaign and we talked about that you know we're we're promoting and recruiting to a sector that doesn't pay well no. <laughs> so there has to be something else that grabs you and you're in a position in your life where you were able to do that because your love uh, for children and families have it, it matters more not everyone's in that position. People are taking second jobs. It's mm-hmm. so complex. It's true. And there are many individuals that I worked with that uh, work two, three jobs yeah. and uh, still find satisfaction in, in working with children. Yeah. And I, I think I, sp- I definitely speak from a point of privilege in my own personal yep. life yep. Um, because obviously money sure. isn't yeah, something yeah, that yeah. I'm... I mean, my husband would disagree, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that for me it was... It never, it never went back to the satisfaction. Mm. Never went back to the money. It was always the, I feel like I have no energy to enjoy my life, because I'm worried about, did I fill out that piece of paper? Okay, mm. did that accident report get sent home? Did that parent sign that? Did that parent sound like they were mad at me? Like it, those constant right. circles of, um, and there's obviously confidentiality mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, if we're dealing with a lot of um, reframing behaviors, mm-hmm. right? Um, connection and relationships. Yeah. And a lot of who I felt that I was as an early childhood educator when I worked directly with children was based on what families thought mm-hmm. of me. And 
I would have fantastic months and years mm-hmm. and then one family would be upset with me and mm-hmm. I'd feel like a failure forever. Mm-hmm. You take all those things to heart because yeah. you really care. Yeah. And no, I never went home and thought, wow, today was a really hard diaper changing day. No. Never. It's never, yeah. ever, ever the children. No. It's the relationships yeah. that you have with the other adults um, and navigating other people's cultures, navigating mm-hmm. other people's and trying to be culturally like navigating that cultural humility mm-hmm. where you're not just like, well, I know everything there is to know about this yes. culture. Um, or this person or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and taking it all as a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's there's a lot of inner work in mm-hmm. our field. And I think that's the really beautiful double edged sword is yes. that a lot of professionals don't want to do that inner work. And the ones that do are burning out because it's exhausting yeah. to continually work on yourself, mm-hmm. the journey, and then also be present with the children every single day yeah wow we do hard work hard work it is okay let's play rapid fire oh my gosh oh but i don't have it in front of me so i don't remember the questions i'm gonna just spitball them here okay okay so you've listened to the podcast you know how to play rapid fire yes first thing that comes to mind yep or you can explain or you don't have to okay most people explain anyway Okay. Because we love talking. <laughs> yeah. What is the, your favorite PL you've attended? doesn't no. have to be Simone of Strides. Oh, I, I don't think that be. I've gone to any other. Um, I think the one that stands out to me, and I still have the book, is um, Stick and Stone, Winter Rethink with Diane Cashin. That's a good one. I think of her every time that yeah. I read that book with the children. Yeah. Your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, my gosh. Cookie dough. Cookie dough. Like yes. a specific brand? No. Or just any, no, any just anyone's work? Cookie dough. Okay. Yep. Good. Anyone's work. Your favorite children's book. You said Stick and Stone for PL, but pick a different one for children's um, book. Giraffes Can't Dance. Oh, that's a good one. I read that one during my kindergarten placement and yeah. I cried. And they were just, the children were staring at me like, what? I said, I need a copy of this book. And I still have one. I think I have it in hardcover and yeah. the regular. So yeah. yeah. Giraffes Can't Dance. That's a good one. Gerald. Gerald, Gerald was a tall giraffe. Yes, he His was. legs were long and <laughs> <laughs> Bree and I can relate. <laughs> Good one. Yes. Your favorite, other than this one, your favorite podcast. I haven't really listened to any podcasts lately, but um, I, I do listen to the Tri Wives. Uh, they have a podcast called You Can Sit With Us, uh, the Tri Guys. They used okay. to be a BuzzFeed affiliate, and they just literally were four guys that were just trying stuff. Cool. And their wives, their partners, um, they decided to put a podcast together and they talk about everything from like having babies to being friends, um, girl stuff to honestly just life in general. Oh, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Your favorite age group. To- <laughs> Your favorite age group to work with. My favorite age group is preschool and always has been. Uh, um, I know that there's been a trend of toddler there has answers. Been. But uh, preschool is it for me. I'm absolutely terrified of infants. I think mm. it speaks to my own feelings of just not, not un- like my own vulnerability. Mm. And so uh, preschoolers. Kay. Oh, my gosh. I adore preschoolers. I got a busy one at home. Mm-hmm. I can play with them anytime. Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So I am off. Mm-hmm. P- peace out, Strive mm-hmm. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I genuinely have loved doing the podcast this last year. Um, we just we just launched it in February of 2023. I, I haven't hosted every episode, but I've hosted quite a few. And it is probably one of my favorite things to do in, in my job. I really, Yay. really love it. 
I love engaging in these conversations and and I love that the community gets to hear the types of conversations that we're having on on the regular. So I will genuinely miss it over the next year um, as yeah, as family grows by one more baby girl. Um, but yeah, so lady inspired learning yeah. podcast. <laughs> see ya, <laughs> see you in 2025. Um, and Raluca, you're going to take on some of the hosting moving I, forward. So I this is the so. passing of the baton. Thank you so much. She's actually passing me an imaginary baton here. Um, yes, I am. I will, I will hand you a donut as oh, a reward. I just wanted to say that from the very first podcast that I listened to, I was like, how do I get on that podcast? But like humbly, <laughs> how do I get on it? Never thought that I would be hosting any episodes. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I remember practicing my podcast voice. Oh, and, how'd you do? You know. I speak so fast that <laughs> even when I look at myself in the mirror, I've had many conversations with you while I'm getting ready in the morning. Just what would we talk about if I was on the podcast? What's a topic oh that I'm God, really passionate you're about? So cute. But then you were like, no, <laughs> we're just going to rant at each other. And I'm like, great, let's. <laughs> Staying on topic is not one of my fortes. Well, that's okay. That's <laughs> what a podcast is for. So yes, baton is yours. Thank you continue the incredible work that we've we've started on the podcast and and yeah see you again yeah thank you okay thanks so much for listening you can connect with us on instagram at leading inspired learning pod or on our website at strive slash podcast i would love to have you tell a friend or colleague about this podcast thanks again for listening please join us next time